Tapes. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hi, this is Austin from Amusement Insider, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everyone? My name is Clint Novak, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast on Podbean. I accept the Coaster Challenge. 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 Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? What is the Coaster Challenge? A group of regular people that went from fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses. It's time to take the Coaster Challenge. Here are your hosts, David Cantu and Jenna Gazelle. Hey, how's it going, Jenna? Great. How about you, Dave? Doing good, doing good. How's your week going? Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where to start with that one. No, I know that feeling. It's been one crazy week for me, mostly with work. Well, my... you have the you have the summer off, though, yeah, which is really nice. I get to sleep in. <laughs> you get to sleep in, but I get to get up every morning and have to go to work. <laughs> but it, it's it's good though. I'm glad that uh, we're. It's nice to be able to get uh, work for me. It's just been booming this year and oh, I'm sure. it's just amazing and uh yeah it's just uh it's just really glad to just see everybody's out and about and everyone's having a good summer and just from seeing everything going on around the country at parks and just seeing some of my friends out there who have youtube channels and and also podcasts as well there's been a lot of very exciting activities happening at all the parks around the country this year yeah I'm glad to see that they're going to be bringing back all the Fright Fest stuff for October. Oh, I was yeah. kind of concerned about that. Oh, yeah. It's, it's all full swing, you know, mm. full speed ahead on that. And I can't wait. Uh, yeah, fall, fall is going to be approaching pretty quickly. I mean, this summer's really flying by. So, But we've got a very special guest on today. Uh, we've got Darren. And uh, Darren uh, was formerly hosted the unofficial Orlando podcast. And he had spun off and he's also doing what's called the dead man's podcast and he's with andrew today awesome yeah so um so yeah andrew is standing by with darren so but first we are going to do our lovely segment called the youtube highlight clip Clip of of the the week week. youtube clip of the week Alright, so in this week's YouTube highlight clip of the week, uh, we found a very interesting video clip. I would say it's something uh, I don't, I've never done ever on a roller coaster. I've never heard of anybody. I'm pretty sure many coaster enthusiasts have tried to do this. (laughs) before i I couldn't Uh, do it um especially if you're riding certain coasters like x2 or top throw dragster maybe even steel vengeance but uh there was a a gentleman who uh decided to do a personal challenge and uh it's called dude keeps straight face on a roller coaster ride so this this gentleman decided he was going to keep a straight face on a roller coaster and it happens to be the roller coaster i got to experience a couple years ago it was goliath over at six flags over georgia uh it's a hyper coaster from bnm and i know this coaster very well jenna because this was actually the first coaster that i've experienced that actually grayed me out so you mean when you say gray out because you know i'm not the coaster enthusiast like you are you mean like blacked out right close to being blacked out i mean it's like when you're like i i started graying out during the helix of goliath and what happens is is your vision just starts to fade okay and like everything starts going gray and you start feeling a little like dizzy Dizzy. i wouldn't say dizzy but it's like 
almost like part of a feint in a way. And actually, coaster enthusiasts that I know, they get excited when they get a chance to gray out. Uh, there's a couple of coasters around the country that do it. I know that Intimidator 305 over at King's Dominion, there's uh, once you make that major drop in the beginning, there you go up this hill. And apparently, and I've experienced it there too, but it makes everybody start to gray out on that when you start oh. going up the, the bunny no, hill no 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 <laughs> <laughs> no i i'm sure mike would love something like that not me <laughs> yeah but now this guy literally from beginning to end is going through goliath and he's literally kept a this, straight face a straight face no smile no reaction from any of the drops or a poker face yeah, i mean like, that, that's what it is it's a poker face i yeah. mean i've never seen anybody do it yeah and the one thing i will tell everybody out there do not try this at home kids uh, this guy literally videotaped himself while on this ride and that's something that i will definitely like to highlight uh, it's something i don't recommend people to do is don't be bringing recording devices that you hold in your hand while oh, yeah. on the ride because many people who do that do end up losing their phones or losing their gopros or whatever yeah it's like in the dangers of that i i I just can imagine like being on one of those rides and somebody losing their cell phone or their their gopro and it hitting somebody else behind them it's one thing if you have your gopro you know strapped to your wrist or to your chest or one thing but yeah I, i i've i've experienced the gopro wrist strap when i did the sky jump at the stratosphere in las vegas it's it's pretty cool just gotta learn to keep your hand out but yeah this guy i think i don't know what device he used but he managed to keep it in front of his face the whole time and if it happens to be a phone i will tell people do not do not record yourself do not do not even pull out your phone it's not it's not worth it but you know this guy luckily did not lose his phone during the ride but i'm just amazed that this is a guy that literally kept a straight face throughout the entire ride it very interesting i i I, goliath most hyper coasters are very fun but if i if this guy wants to make this a a challenge like an ice bucket challenge then i i have a few if he happens to be listening to this episode i would give him some recommendations try to keep a straight face on top throw dragster try to keep a straight face on x2 i would say kindaka would be one or here's a good one and i know you haven't experienced this but i know that uh if andrew's listening or iva's listening or any coaster enthusiast who has been to holiday world for hollywood nights try to keep a straight face on the voyage night ride that would be a challenge it is that intense uh that would be a yeah that would be a great challenge if you can keep a straight face during that ride then i say you'd be a pro at it i mean even be okay being that i've gone on x i couldn't imagine trying to keep a straight face on X. Especially that straight down part on that beginning of that. Oh, loop. Yeah. oh yeah. We won't talk about that one. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, this uh, was a very interesting clip. I've kind of found it to be hilarious because I was just amazed. He kept that same reaction the whole time. I was like, wow. While the people behind him are like screaming, screaming laughing, yeah. whatever it is. It's just, it's just really, it's just amazing. So yeah, if you guys want to check it out, the title is called Dude Keeps Straight Face on Roller Coaster Ride. Very interesting video. Uh, it's about two minute video. So, but yeah, give it a shot. Hopefully you guys get a good laugh at it. But this would be a great YouTube highlight clip, clip of the of week. The week. YouTube clip of the week.
All right, so Andrew is standing by with our special guest, Darren, today. And uh, this is actually going to be a pretty cool episode, Jenna. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I mean, because he, he's kind of talking about everything that's leading up to the fall, I mean, essentially. Yeah, uh, exciting. I mean, he's really big when it comes to Horror Nights and all the Halloween events as well. So this is a very exciting episode, guys. hope you guys uh, take the time to listen to it. But anyway, take it away, Andrew. Thank you, David and Jenna. This is Andrew, one of the producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast, joining you again. Today, I'm going to be doing an interview with a uh, coaster and theme park enthusiast. His name is Darren Schmidt. Welcome to the podcast, Darren. What's up, Internet? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Uh, why don't you start off just by uh, telling us about yourself? All right. Well, uh, yeah, my name is Darren Schmidt. I formerly hosted the unofficial Universal Orlando podcast. I'm located in Central Florida. Very recently, I had to leave the show uh, due to work obligations, but I had been on the show for the past nine years. I've done a lot of talking about Universal uh, in the past, and I also spun off the Dead Man's Digest, which is the Halloween Horror Nights-centric uh, podcast from that show, which is uh, still going as soon as we start getting some more news about Horror Nights this year. So, But I've always been a huge fan of theme parks. I think like one of my first memories is in a theme park, You know, going to uh, Kings Island and stuff with my my family when I was younger. So just as far as I can remember, it's just been the place uh, at the same uh, relaxing and ex- making me extremely nervous at the same time. You know, <laughs> depending on what we're talking about. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, definitely, you can have a whirlwind of emotions in, in environments like that. And yeah, and you're um, you're in good company there with regard to horror nights. I'm a huge haunt fan. I'm a huge horror movie fan. In fact, uh, you and I got connected up, and why we're doing the interview today uh, because of our mutual friend Ian Kaufman, who's going to be on this podcast as well. And uh, he and I are are, are, are good friends. Uh, talk every day, sometimes all day long. Have a lot of common interests: theme parks, roller coasters, but uh, especially just kind of pop culture. A lot of music, horror movies, a lot of, you know, TV shows. A lot of common interests. So you know, it's good to see. I'm not surprised that you know, since you and Ian are friends as well, that you have that horror side too, because that's a big thing for Ian and myself. So yeah, and I've been to haunts all over the country and uh, horror nights on both coasts. Not scary farm, independent haunts. Uh, Six Flags, you know, you name it. I'm not saying this just because I now live here in Florida and have been living here for the past few years. Being this with absolute certainty as far as an opinion can go, that Halloween Horror Nights here in Orlando is my favorite haunt. It's so much better than the Hollywood version, with all the respect to them. Even Not Scary Farm, I just, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> Orlando, it's just something special. They, the Universal Creative, okay. the team involved with that, you know, Mike, et cetera, although he's now working more in the universe, but, you know, the team that works on this stuff, they just go above and beyond. And I'm not sure how much we'll talk about HHN today, but even if we don't get into it much today, uh, perhaps we can have you on uh, again later in the year. We're planning on doing some nice haunt coverage in October, but uh, it's kind of a, a few of things to come. But anyways, yeah, I'm a big fan of horror. Definitely. So. Excellent. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. What I'd like to do is kind of continue on with the interview here. And we, um, we typically kind of have a typical rundown and we're following that same basic formula today, although not necessarily just looking at things from a coaster perspective, but more as a general theme park perspective, where we talk about attractions and, and attractions that you may want to talk about. They could be coasters. 
or they may not be. So it's totally up to you. So with that in mind, the first question, what was the first theme park attraction that you remember experiencing? The first one that sticks in my head is the Haunted Mansion at Disney. And I think that's what gave me that horror edge when I was a kid <laughs> is going there and seeing like, and I was terrified to be honest, like go, like going into the Haunted Mansion to begin with uh, being that young and then going in and finding out how awesome it was. And then I just fell in love with it. First one I actually chickened out of was at Kings Island, like we were talking about earlier. And it was just a single loop coaster they had. They got rid of it in like 87. So I'm dating myself there a little bit, but it was called like (laughs) Demon, I think. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. And all it was was just like a single loop and then go backwards. And that was it. And yeah, I was. I was like five, six years old. And that was the the time where your dad would just pick you up a little bit and like, yeah, he's, he's tall enough. No problem. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I chickened out and ran away in the line. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll probably talk about that more in a moment, but first let's talk about a haunted mansion. So are you talking about haunted mansion in magic kingdom here in Florida? Yes. Yeah. Magic kingdom. I was just going to say, are you originally from Florida or how long have you lived here? Um, well, I was originally from Illinois, but I moved here when I was 10 years old. So uh, I've been here since uh, 93. Oh, wow. That was like one of the first things we did as soon as we moved down is went to Magic Kingdom. So yeah, that was my my first vacation. Once we got to Florida, it was like, all right, you have to move away from all your friends and stuff. But hey, you can go hang out with Mickey. (laughs) (laughs) So we did we did that and uh, Universal. So yeah, I suppose that's for a family that's got to be like a rite of passage ship. If you move to Florida, you got to go to a theme park right away, whether it be Disney or otherwise. That makes a lot of sense. So certainly. Yeah, um, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> okay, so Haunted Mansions. How old were you? Were you about 10 years old when you went on Haunted Mansion? First yeah, time? yeah. Okay. That's when I would have been, yep. And just how was that experience for you that first time? Like I said, when I was sitting on the outside, and I'm sure a lot of kids have that same experience, you're at Disney World, everything is, you know, fairies and pixie dust and uh, <laughs> nothing really intimidating at all. And then you come across this facade and it is, you know, this like looming mansion and everything. And it's it's called the Haunted Mansion and the people that work there are not nice like everybody else uh, at Disney. So, uh, and they really played into it back then. So I think they saw that I was like a little nervous and they were just really pushing into it. <laughs> yeah. So waiting in line, I was so scared. I remember, you know, just like asking my parents what it was going to be. And of course they're like, oh, I don't know. It, it, it could be pretty scary, you know, <laughs> right? most involved in everything. But once I get in there and, and get in, actually see the ride, it really sparked the the love of theme parks for me, the the theming and without even realizing it really, you know, getting into the uh, Madame Leota's room and, you know, seeing everything floating there. And then it made me want to know how everything worked. And, mm-hmm. and that's really, you know, the, the, even the first time through, I remember going through, I'm like, how, how did they do that? How does this happen? How does that work? So I think that that really sparked the love of theme parks in general for me. They had to drag me onto it in the first place for sure. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. So I know that you, you know, mentioned that you had this kind of chickening out experience on that coaster at Kings Island early on, but, but in terms of rides that you were afraid to go on or attractions or whatnot that you're afraid to experience that you did go ahead and experience, would you say that Haunted Mansion is the one that scared you the most or is there something since then? I would actually have to give that honor to Busch Gardens two times as a (laughs) child and as an adult, I'll admit it. 
Kumba was actually my first coaster ever, <clears throat> you know, like actual, like a legitimate adult coaster, not one of the, like the little dragon coasters at the fair, you know, that was just, as you're walking up there, you go through the tunnel and it's spiraling around you. <laughs> yeah. And I was, yep. that was just a point where, you know, my hand, I was just so nervous to go on. Probably should have started with Python, but no, I went right on to Kumba. <laughs> and it was smooth <laughs> back then and, and everything. So the, the rush, once I got up there and finally climbed the lift hill, which uh, lift hill is still a big problem for me, I will say. Um, mm. Even mm. to today, I hate a lift hill. <laughs> it, it gets me so nervous. I, I just have to think about something else. The slower lift hill is the the, the, the worst for me. I, um, I gosh, mm. I'm getting nervous just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, okay. That's okay. No yeah, lift hills today. It's the so. clacking. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it's the clacking, the, the sound of it, the angle. And then just imagining if I got stuck up there and I always imagine if I got stuck up there, I'm like, I would just stay up there forever or, you know, right. however they get the, the coaster down. That's how I'm coming down. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to climb downstairs. It's not happening. <laughs> so, so you mentioned uh, that it's been twice at, at Bush Gardens. Has it been, uh, has it been come by both times or another coaster later on that has scared you a lot? It was actually not a coaster at all. It was drop tower <laughs> and the most terrifying drop tower I still have been on to this day. That's Falcon's Fury. Uh, I go back and okay. forth to like not having any problem hopping on there and then just still being extremely nervous every time. <laughs> okay. And it's again, so, I think it's more the anticipation of getting stuck. <laughs> right. That makes right. me the most nervous. <laughs> so which would you say of those two at Bush Gardens is the one that's kind of the granddaddy of them all that edges the other out for being the scariest? I guess Falcon's Fury is going to have to do it because it still scares me as an adult. And it, like every once in a while, I'll still get that feeling going up to it. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. For I was sure. kind of hoping, I was kind of hoping you would say that because I can personally relate to that in that I was just at Bush Gardens myself about two weeks ago. I've been there before numerous times over the years. I don't get to go there much because as we were talking about before we started recording today, you and I live kind of diametrically opposed from Orlando. You're down in Tampa, you know, south west of Orlando. I'm up in New Smyrna Beach, northeast of Orlando. So for you, you're right there in Tampa. For me, I'm about three hours in Bush Gardens. So I'm much more likely to go to Orlando Park than Bush Gardens, but I do love Bush Gardens. But as I said, I was there a couple of weeks ago and I had to go down there just for other personal reasons in the early afternoon. I'm like, well, I got my AP to see Rogan Bush. I'm going to go to Bush Gardens. Why not? I'm going to be down there anyway. And I just went for the afternoon for a few hours and I had a great time. And one of my missions that day was to get on a ride that I'd not yet been on. I'd been on all the coasters there, but I had not been on Falcon's Fury. And it wasn't out of fear. It just, the last time I was there was for a special event and Falcon's Fury was an open time before that. The person I was with is deathly afraid of drop towers and things like that. Wasn't about to go on with me, so I didn't go on. And then before that, it was not open yet. It was, you know, that was the only only two times I've been since Falcon's Fury has been installed and operating. It's been these past two times since having that opportunity until two weeks ago. And I love drop towers. I've been on 400 foot tall drop towers, the tallest ones that exist in the world. Well, until, you know, the one opens up here at uh, the Icon Park in Orlando. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard about that one, the tallest drop tower in the world. It's like, what, 450 feet oh. tall or something like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're going to do that, uh, by the yeah, way? Yeah, I'm sweating already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll do it. Yep. I will do it. So, I will do it. I will um, be nervous the whole way, but I will do it. <laughs> so I've done, you know, Falcon's Fury is not that tall. I think it's maybe a couple hundred feet tall-ish. You know, again, I've a done things much taller. Or, oh, it's that high? Okay. I thought it was just, yeah. just shorter than that. Okay. Yeah. But still, I've been on taller ones. I've been on taller ones. <laughs> and 
but nothing like it. Uh, it's very unique. And I was very curious to try it out. I'm not afraid of heights. I've been on tall coasters, the tallest in the world. I've been in tall buildings. I've done those tall buildings where they have like the glass floors where you're like, just can look straight down and 500,000 feet up, whatever it may be. You know, I'm not afraid of that stuff. So I was curious to experience uh, Falcon's Fury and and it was a unique experience. I'll I'll talk about my experience, but first let's talk about yours. So we've identified Falcon's Fury, understandably, as kind of your scariest theme park experience ever that you went ahead and did. Well, I want to kind of dive into that a little bit. Talk to me what it was like, you know, you're, you're entering the queue and it kind of wraps around a little bit around the kind of that circular area where the, where the drop tower is installed and it's all outside there and you can see the ride, you can hear it. So what's going through, what are you thinking as you're waiting to get on it this first time? Oh, yeah. I, well, I mean, you're seeing it from 275 on the way in. Right. <laughs> you know, right. Uh, you know right. I-4, whichever direction you're coming from, that there it is. And, and you see it when you're going into the park and walking towards it and getting even closer. And that's what, and I had gone to the park that day, I annual pass holder, went to the park right after it had opened to go on Falcon's Fury specifically. And hmm. like, so gung-ho for it. I was so excited walking into the park, seeing this thing. I'm like, wow, that... As I'm getting closer, I'm like, wow, that is real tall. (laughs) That's way up there. And of course, it being new, I had a couple of uh, slowdowns and mechanical, you know, issues so they you know they had to keep stopping it which made me even more nervous as i told you before <laughs> right <laughs> those kind of things but uh so that's it i'm watching i'm watching waiting to get in the queue until i can get in the queue and watch them work on it and everything uh but yeah so that, that didn't start things off well uh and it was like a 50 <laughs> minute wait to begin with and like you said it's just outside wrapped around the the ride itself so you're just sitting there staring at it the whole time <laughs> right right and listening to it for sure mm-hmm. yeah no it totally makes sense so you went to bush gardens on this particular day ex- explicitly to kind of conquer this ride basically yes yeah okay like, very cool. it was coming very cool. i had seen the things about it and i i had to go try it out myself and yeah i didn't get got it. i wasn't scared about about riding it until i got there that's when the conquering started <laughs> okay you get on the ride now you know it can be a little different with coasters although to your point earlier kind of the what i'm about to talk about the analog for coasters for most coasters at least is the lift hill you know that anticipation and going up higher and higher now with a drop tower like falcon's fury it's about going you know getting pulled up and then the terror of all terrors of course this is a part of the design is it it pivots forward slowly once you reach the top and then after a few more seconds which seems like probably a long time you then finally drop i'm going to guess that your kind of feelings of fear and so forth they only increased once you got on the ride correct correct yes yeah and okay. i was gonna say right before you get on you you're kind of you you're stationed at one of the, the spots where you're going to ride beforehand and you kind of get right. to stand there and stare face to face with somebody that was just on it <laughs> and that person was more scared looking when they got off than when they got on and that's not common so right <laughs> so that didn't help right. <laughs> right yeah absolutely so you get on the ride finally your turn sweaty palms yeah. probably whatnot so so, so oh. tell me how you're thinking how you're feeling as you get on it as it gets lifted up off the ground slowly and then getting to the top and pivoting kind of like everything leading up to that moment where you start dropping. So what are you thinking and feeling? Oh man. Okay. So when you're first on there, it's a long wait because they, they have a lot of safety checks on that ride to walk around and make sure each individual person's on there that you don't have anything in your pockets, your hands are clear and everything, especially back when it first opened. Right. And then the seat kind of tilts back and up a little bit. 
oh, it starts going up. It gets up and you think that you're, you just keep hitting this point where it's like, this has got to be the top of this thing. Like, right. how is this still going? Right. <laughs> and, and every little tiny gust of wind makes it shake. It feels like it like goes, yep. like just has a little bit of give in it. So you feel that all the way up there. And then you start to see like the park, the edge of the park, the edge of Tampa, the horizon, you know, right. like the other right. side of Florida, Cape Canaveral <laughs> on a clear day, it seems like. <laughs> Like you said, like it finally like hits that point where it stops up top and then you get tilted up. I have never been more terrified in my, in my life. And I still am even, even now, like I could, I'm, I'm feel better with the going up part. Cause that's like my time to look around and, you know, kind of to see what's happening. Right. But as soon as we tilt up, I am so scared. Cause I just feel like there's no way this thing could hold me. I, I am being held by like the safety restraint that's like there as like a, on a coaster, you know, that's, it, it, it doesn't feel like that's a thing that's going to like, like, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel like it's going to lock you in and like hold all your body weight for an extended period of time. It's like, it's good right. for a loop, right? <laughs> but is it going to hold right. me up here for 10 seconds while I do this? And if it breaks down <laughs> again, my nervousness is like, is this going to hold for 30 seconds, 40 seconds? Of course, I'm sure it will, <laughs> but right. I don't know. That That's what I think makes me the most nervous about that ride. And then after that, the drop oh, is relief, man. <laughs> it's yeah, uh, it yeah, it's it's just awesome. It's like exhilarating after that point. But oh man, so terrifying to get there. <laughs> right, right. Now, in terms of that fear you were feeling leading up to and before the drop, did the fact that there's the secondary restraint, the seatbelt that keeps your restraint that would keep your restraints closed even if they happen to fail, did that play into your mind at all and any kind of reassurance? No, uh, and especially not at Bush Gardens because I have had an issue uh, on Montu before where the seatbelt oh. part unclipped on me as we were going up the first lift hill. Oh, on Montu! Wow. Okay. So all I okay. had was the restraints, and I was trying desperately to uh, to clip the seatbelt in the whole ride. So yeah, that, that's why. I, I mean, that that was a scary ride. Uh, it wasn't. This was so much the anticipation, but just like literally holding on to the the uh, the rails on the side of your life, because <laughs> I think that like, right. literally this thing might open up. Because if, if the seatbelt failed, then what else is going to happen on this thing? But yeah, right. <laughs> those things don't really. It feels like those are a fallback to me. Like the you know, the actual restraint is the, the, the main thing. Oh, absolutely. The seatbelt, that's why they're called secondary yeah. restraints. The, the seatbelts, and they're not yeah. installed on every ride like this. Uh, you know, it'd be a, an inverted coaster like, uh, like Montu or Drop Tower, you know, like Falcon's Fury. They're, they're, they're purchased basically the way these work is one of two things. Either the park in question and the corporation that owns it, they want to give reassurance to their guests. Or, and or, it's for insurance reasons to lower insurance premiums for the parks. They have secondary restraints, these mechanical, you know, like, you know, seat belts and things like that. The insurance policies oftentimes are cheaper. So it's generally speaking a corporate policy. And this is why, for example, not so much at SeaWorld and Bush, but more so at, at, for example, Cedar Fair, who owns Kings Island that I know you've been to, Cedar Point and a host of other parks all around the country and actually North America. They tend to be very careful. They like to have lower insurance policy, insurance premiums, policies and whatnot. So they definitely have those secondary restraints on their coasters and all their rides. Not, not everyone does, though. And that one of the challenges with those types of restraints is, yes, the insurance premiums can go down. And yeah, maybe your, some of your guests will be feel more confident or more, 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 more uh, secure, but they also increase load times because the operators, ride ops, they have to not only check, say, a lap bar 
are or a primary restraint, but they got to make sure the seatbelts are closed. And then, you know, people always have problems opening them at the end of the ride and it just increases cycle times dramatically. So it's a, it's a problem for capacity of rides and line. So it's a lot of issues to factor in, but so anyway, so, you know, you rode the ride and then you're, you're flying down face down and it was like exhilarating. I think you said and relief. Talk to me. Mm-hmm. After you went through that and you got off the ride, you're back safe on ground again. Obviously, you made it through okay because you're right here with us today, thankfully. How did you feel after you got off the ride? It, it was ex- exhilarating. It, like, it made me realize that, like, I mean, obviously, that there's plenty of safety precautions in there. And I, and I realized it at the time. But it's just, it's just like you can put that all out of your mind. And knowing that, having been on tons of coasters and, and you know, done a podcast about uh, rides, talked to a lot of, you know, theme park creators and developers, knowing all the safety precautions that go into these things, how I can still put that all out of my mind and be completely out of my mind, terrified and thinking that this, that this thing that operates a hundred times a day is going to all of a sudden snap open on me. It's going to be that one time. Right. I'm going to have to dangle up there like, like cliffhanger style <laughs> until they can right. like, get up there and get, get me down. But yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's crazy, but it's like, it's still that one ride that, Every time I get up there, it's as soon as it starts tilting that, I start feeling like, oh man, I hope, I hope we're not face down too long this time. <laughs> <laughs> How many yeah. times did you say you've ridden Falcon's Fury? I'd probably say like a good, like probably 10, 15 times. Okay. Okay. Um, you okay. Know, uh, getting other people to go on. My fiance is terrified. She, w- she was at a point where she went on it a couple of times and she was okay with it. She got more scared the more times we went on to the point where she won't go on at all anymore. So <laughs> I'm back really. Do you know why that is? <laughs> yeah. Is it rolling the dice each uh, time for her? What know. is it? Yeah. I, I think it is, and I, she's she seems to be a little bit more nervous on coasters just in general too. Like when we're getting ready mm-hmm. to to load up to go on the coaster as well. So yeah, it just might be something. I don't know. I, I've talked to some other people that are that have felt that as well. Like the older you get, like you just feel a little bit more nervous about it. Like, oh, I got more to lose now. I don't know. <laughs> Even though. Okay. Interesting. Like interesting. I said, it's, so, it's totally safe, but yeah. Right. I'm not riding the, the ones at the fair anymore. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so back to you though, with Falcon's Fury. So that first time, you know, you felt exhilarated. You got off the ride. I mean, did you feel like you conquered something? Did you feel like you conquered your fear in certain ways? Yeah. I, I would say as far as like, actually like, conquering it i felt it probably more when i was younger with with kumba because the fear more happened like happened to me there like on the spot i would say yeah though it it was still uh, conquering something because getting on there after seeing those people get off that ride and still getting on it onto it that that was a lot and i was by myself like i wasn't with another party and they actually had me go up on by myself as well like that there was a huge line of people and i just, hmm. I just didn't time it right with <laughs> with the people so really? i was up there by myself the whole time as well so yeah gotcha gotcha so you did feel pretty good about yourself <laughs> afterwards yeah you did feel pretty good about yeah yourself no definitely first time. okay 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 yeah, so yeah, for sure let me uh let me reflect my some a little bit of my personal experience. So first of all, I want to ask you a question. You know, you've been to a lot of parks, you sell a lot of coasters, covered Universal for 10 years in the podcast. Have you ever been to Six Flags Magic Mountain? No, I have not. Okay. Are you familiar with a coaster that they have? Uh, again, having not having been on it, I've been heard of it or seen pictures or video of a coaster by the name of X, or it's now known as X2 at Magic Mountain. Does that sound familiar? Yes. Uh, that it, it's got the uh, you're on the either side of the bar, right? Yes, it's like a like wing style coaster. Yes, yes, 
Yes, and the cars rotate forwards and backwards at certain parts yeah. of the ride. Using oh, us. <laughs> so actually, but, but kind of tying another thing you mentioned earlier with what I'm about to bring up. I'm an engineer. That's what I do in my uh, for my day job to, to pay the bills and everything. And I've been an engineer for decades now, a couple decades. I love knowing how things work. I'm into cars, sports cars. I'm into trains, planes, coasters. It, you know, m- moving vehicles fascinate me. Rockets. And, you know, at theme park, seeing things close up, you're waiting online. And you, you know, kind of see how things work. And I'm like watching Falcon Fury and how things rotate and everything. I love seeing how things work. And, and even the even the immersion, the technology, like you're talking about earlier with, say, Haunted Mansion, you know, how Pepper's Ghost works, how things are floating there. And, you know, I, I love all that stuff. And Universal and Disney, they have a lot of highly themed type attractions. So I love how things work. And the X coaster, now it's known as X2, is one of three of a kind of coasters in the world. It's only three built like this that were ever built like this, where uh, traditional coasters have a single set of rails, two rails that they that they ride on. This coaster has a second set of rails, so it's four rails total, and they're basically run parallel to each of the regular rails. So the the, the primary rails, they actually the trains ride on, the wheels are on either side of them, and that's how the coaster goes and 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 you know goes where it's supposed to. The second set of rails, they're roughly parallel to the primary rails, but they they basically move up and down. That space between the set of rails varies as you go through the ride. What the, and along with that, there are basically um, uh, pneumatic or, or, or you know air pistons that connect to the train that ride against those secondary rails. And as the rails get closer together or further apart, that will push the pistons in and, and they'll they'll come out. You know because they're riding along with pressure. And those pistons going in and out as the coaster continues through its course. That's what controls whether the the trains will stay where they are or rotate forward or backward. So it's a controlled rotation. And it's an absolutely brilliant system, a complex system, but very brilliant. And I love learning how that works and watching it, you know, in the station when the cars rotate up, uh, when people for people to get out of out of the trains and so forth, and then they rotate back down if they're loaded. That's all part of that same system. Anyway, so it's just fascinating to watch that stuff. Well, reason why I bring up X2 is X2, not just for me, but many of the guests we've had on the show already, when we talk about this, what ride has scared you the most? It's it's X or a coaster like X. Again, there's three in the world. And I've personally been on all three, by the way. There's one here in the US at Magic Mountain, and there's one in China, and then one in Japan. And they all work the same. For me, X has been the coaster that scared me the most in my life, still scares me. That you know, the, With the rotation everything, you start off on all these rides going backwards. So you're going up the lift hill backwards. I'm sure that right there alone, given your lift hill. Yeah, I see you shaking your head. No, it's, it's a podcast. It's all you only, but I'm, we're, we're seeing each other on camera for the recording here. And I totally get it. It's freaky. Yeah. You're going up the going up the lift hill. And in the X2 version, uh, it's got onboard audio, which is very unusual for a Six Flags coaster, by the way. And it plays uh, Metallica's Enter the Sandman. And uh, yeah, so it's kind of got that little, little bit of a kind of an edge to it, rock, rock music, you know, almost metal. Anyway, so you're going up there listening to that soundtrack and all three of these, these X style coasters in the world do the same thing at the top. You're going up backwards. As soon as you get to the top, where you're going to go through the first drop, by the way, which is a 90 degree drop, it's a straight down drop. The cars rotate forward. So you're facing straight down. And you drop straight down that 90 degree drop. It is the most insane drop I've ever had in a coaster. It's not the, the tallest, 
you know, the longest drop, but it's the it's most intense drop I've ever had in a coaster because of how you're, you're in the, in the kind of those wing seats, you're kind of out in the open there. It's not like you're inside of a car, you're kind of out and just in freely there held by these restraints that, you know, like Falcon Sphere, you're facing straight down, you, the restraints could open and whatnot. It's scary. And it's just crazy intense. And so I have been on X2, originally X when it first opened, they later redid it as X2. And then these other two coasters in Japan and China, We've rode these rides many times. And in fact, X2 is number four on my all-time coasters list, my top 10 coasters and all that. And it's because of that drop, just that drop alone. I love that drop because it's so scary, so intense. Anyway, I love those coasters. And here I am two weeks ago at Falcon's Fury at Busch Gardens Tampa. I had heard about this ride. I've been on many, 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 many drop towers all over the world. And I'm like, I got to try it. And I'm watching. I'm like, oh, wow, that's insane. So here's my experience. So yeah, am I a little scared? I'm a little scared, but I'm, I'm going to conquer my fear. I, I do that all the time in rides. And I get on it mm-hmm. and we start going up slowly. And like you said, you, you kind of pause almost. It's like, oh, okay, this is how tall it is. And you keep going. Well, uh, <laughs> we're, we're stopping periodically. I'm waiting for us to rotate forward, except it never happened. We get up to about middle way up the ride and I hear this kind of garbled, you know, we stop. We hear this kind of garbled noise on the, on the PA speaker and we never rotate forward. And we come back down slowly. Turns out one of the people in the other pods on, on the ride had their cell phone app. And I'm, I'm surprised they didn't get ejected oh, from the park. That's all another story. So they get to, got to stay on the ride and they just had their handed over their cell phone. And we, and like, oh my God, here we go. And now we go back up again, finally. And this time we went all the way up. And it was like you said, you keep going, you kind of pause and keep going, it shakes a little bit, and you keep going. Finally get to the top and then you slowly rotate down. It This is the drop version of X because you're facing straight down. You feel yourself pressing against those restraints. And you just come, bam, you know, you know, really smooth. You, you're dropping down with basically with gravity and it's intense. And it reminds me very much of X. In fact, Falcon's Fury in this way is even a little more freaky than X because it's a longer drop. X is about 200 feet tall. As you put it out, Falcon's Fury is over 300 feet tall, 325. So they're very similar experiences in that first drop of X versus the drop on Falcon's Fury. And yeah, I, you know, um, David, as he always is, here is producing this podcast. He's on with us here in the background. And he and um, uh, another friend of ours and another producer of this show, Iva, they're coming out to Florida to hang out with me and go to all the local parks. And uh, David, for example, has never been to Bush Gardens Tampa ever. That's going to be a first for him. And I already told David and Iva, I said, you two, I'm issuing you a challenge. They're going to get on Falcon's Fury with me. And they're, I know they're both a little nervous about it. And understandably, who wouldn't be? <laughs> um, and so they're going to ride it. And I'm, you know, I'm looking yeah. forward to riding with them. You know, anyway, long story short, you know, I totally understand why this would scare you. And, and even rewriting it, you know, even whenever I get on one of these X-style coasters, it freaks me out because... You know, traditional coasters, you're sitting back and there's a lap bar, but you're not pushing against the restraints during the ride. You know, on a ride like X or uh, mm-hmm. if you've been on a flying coaster, have you been on Manta at SeaWorld? Yes. Yeah. So that's and a that similar kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Where you're you're pushing uh-huh. against those restraints once they pull you up and, you know, it's like, oh, these better hold. So that it kind of is freaking <laughs> in and of its own self. And, and what's crazy, by the way, we were talking about seatbelts earlier, not all B&M flying coasters, which is what Manta, that's B&M is the, is the company that that uh, manufactured and designed that coaster. Same company, by the way, that designed and made uh, Kumba, very famous roller coaster company. They do, they do most of the flying coasters that exist in the world. 
I have been to parks that have a BMM flying coaster, same kind of concept, pulls you up, you're pushing down against the restraints. And they'll have seatbelts on other rides, like a, you know, a, a ride like Monsu, for example, a BM inverted coaster, and then other attractions. But then their flying coaster, where you're pushing down against those restraints the whole time, there's no seatbelt, there's no secondary restraint. It's like, this is the one you'd want to have it on. So it's, it's, it's kind of crazy in and of its own right, because you, you, you can't have that fail, because you're going to fall, you're done. It's over, game over. Anyway, yeah, so yeah. I totally get it. You know, Falcon's Fury, I'm, I'm sure it scares a lot of people. You know, you, you felt mm-hmm. good about conquering it that first time. You're still scared each time, which I get, but you know you've conquered it. You know you can do it. Did facing that fear on that ride or your combo, did that change anything, have any impact on your life? Can you say? I would say so. I'm, I think every challenge that you, you know, present yourself with a big or small. And I think that's a, a, a significantly medium sized one because you're, <laughs> you're really trusting of quite a few people up the chain to make sure everybody did everything right. <laughs> and some days at Bush gardens, that, that is a lot of trust putting into people. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> 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 Especially when my seatbelt has failed before on Montu. <laughs> that's um, scary. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh. That, that was a thrilling ride, I, I will say. But yeah, I think every every time you do face one of those things and come out on the other side and, you know, know that you can do it again, it, it helps. It helps in every kind of life situation where, you know, you're, you're nervous about approaching anything like that. Like, it seems very overwhelming and intimidating, but it's over in a couple of minutes, you know, like, and, and I always, you know, like to thank my dad for pushing me onto my co- the first coasters that I went on, <laughs> you know, because sure. otherwise I wouldn't have, I would have, I was very, you know, uh, intimidated by, by any, uh, big ride or anything like that. Like the scrambler was a bit much for me. So, <laughs> you know, right, uh, seeing right. these coasters and everything when I came to Florida was like, oh, and he's like, no, you got to do it. And, you know, <laughs> once you do those things and see that it's, it's not that bad. And, and on top of that, where else do you get the chance to do that? You're like, where else am I throwing right. 25 feet in the air, taking a look around Tampa? And that's, and that's what I, you know, really embrace about it. And, you know, I'm looking forward to so much because I haven't been to the parks really much since uh, you know, the, everything that's been going on, of course. Right, uh, right. But, you know, I'm really looking forward to getting back out there and getting back on these again because I feel like I've been missing out on a big part of that. <laughs> oh, sure. Understandable. Understandable. So would you say that, for example, you know, Falcon's Fury, conquering that, okay, sure, maybe a little, you're a little nervous each time getting on it, but ne- neglecting Falcon's Fury, having conquered that fear that first time, and every time for that matter, since you've been on it, has that helped you to maybe not be as fearful of other rides kind of to be better prepared for them to be able to handle them? Yes. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's that it's okay. one of those rides that's like, if you can do this one, then you can, you can do any of the other ones. Come on. Like nothing right. is really right. as bad as that, <laughs> except for, uh, you know, the, the lift hill kind of situation you said like it'll always get me a little nervous on everything but that is like the ultimate like you say just that hang time sitting there is kind of the ultimate tension and nothing else really matches up to it (laughs) so yeah yeah if i can do that then i can do anything else (laughs) for sure for sure so besides other rides would you say that perhaps you know whether it be falcon's Flight, excuse me, Falcon's Fury. Falcon's Flight is actually going to be the name of another coaster that's supposedly going to get built in the Middle East. That's another story. But anyway, Falcon's Fury at Bush Gardens, mm-hmm. conquering that. Kumba, other things you've conquered ride-wise. Would you say that that's helped you in other areas of your life outside of theme parks in terms of dealing with fear? Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I work, work in a uh, tech support kind of 
facet now. Um, there's a lot of uh, customer facing work that we do though. Uh, so I do have to talk to customers that you know might not be happy with things that are going on and, and things like that. And it, it is, it, it gets, you get tense and nervous sometimes every time you're going to pick up the phone because you know it's going to be one of these ones that are going to be really bad. And it's the same thing. It's that lift hill. That, that phone ringing sometimes can be the lift hill. <laughs> and, you know, it, once you get on and, you know, it, you find out, oh, it's not that bad. You know, it's every time it's not, it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be. I would say it kind of helps out in, the, in those situations to where it makes you more confident. And on, on top of that, just the confidence in general, being able to do things like public speaking and podcasting and that kind of thing as well. Because like I said, I was a very na- anxious and nervous kid, you know, not very popular growing up or anything like that. So I think it, it really did help, you know, that get, to get me out of that shell. You know? Sure. You show me that sure. you know I'm more capable than I think I am in a lot of cases. Excellent, that's awesome. Makes sense a lot too. Would you say that you know not necessarily just facing fears like we've been talking about a lot so far, but just in terms of you know we've been covering theme parks, you know Universal especially for ten years and going to theme parks a long time. Would you say that you know your um, enthusiasm for theme parks and going to theme parks all over the place has that had any any kind of significant positive impact in general on your life? You know besides facing fears. Uh yeah, uh, traveling. I think you know. I- you know, you go to the theme park, you go to see these places, but you're going to Los Angeles. You're not just going to go see Disneyland. You're not going to go just see Knott's. You're going to go check out, you know, the rest of LA when you can while you're there. And and it really is that too, because theme parks are, are a safe place to go, right? You can travel all over the world, go to a theme park, and you know you're going to be safe within that that zone of right. the park. It's a resort kind of thing, you know. But once you step out of that bubble, once you're there, I, you, you kind of get to see more of the world. And, and that's really helped me in that respect, you know, going to cover different theme parks and things, uh, haunt events all over the place. And then branching out from there and seeing the rest of what that area has to offer has been really cool and really beneficial. Outstanding. Uh, I have had the same exact perspective on things. I've traveled all over the world, largely for for work, for jobs that I've had over the years. But where I've gone to theme parks, part of that travel, I'm already over there. I'm staying over the weekend or I take some time off even. the most Probably one of the most extreme examples of this and more recent examples of this was my last big international trip was two years ago, March of 2019. I went to China for work. I was there for a total of two weeks. Although the, the time I was there for work was maybe just a few days, but between PTO and the travel time and all that. I think I only had to take maybe a couple days off PTO and with the weekends and whatnot. I had something on the order of like eight days free between the weekends and and then so forth. I visited about what four or five different theme parks, went to the Great Wall of China, went to um, Shanghai Tower, I believe it's called the tallest, I think it's one of the tallest buildings in the world. And, you know, did all this, you know, went to Tiananmen Square and local food and experiencing the culture. It was outstanding. Yeah, I could have, you know, as some of my coaster enthusiast friends were, were kind of bugging me while I was on my trip. Oh, you should go to this park. You should go to this park. I'm like, no, no, no. I want to take it easy. I want to do other stuff besides theme parks. Yeah, sure. Any of us who travel to go to theme parks, which is a part of being a theme park fan. If you're going to go to theme parks, you're going to have to oftentimes have to travel. Yeah, sure. We could spend 100% of our time at theme parks, theoretically. You could eat the theme parks. You could even stay at hotels near the theme parks or in the theme park sometimes and be at the theme parks. And yeah, I guess some people do that. I, you know, teach their own. I encourage people. And again, we like to talk directly to our listeners at times. And this is one of those times here I'm going to do that where, you know, listeners, you know, if you're going to be traveling or already are traveling, you know, you might be incentivized. You might be thinking, oh yeah, I want to go to all the theme parks I can and just fill my time with theme parks. Try to not do that. 
so much. Yeah. Okay. Spend a lot of time at theme parks. I get it. Sure. But try to take advantage of, let's say you're going to another country or going to some place that has all these special sightseeing things to do or crazy, unique local food that you're not going to get in the theme park because they're, you know, more generalized theme park food, whatever it may be. Try to get those experiences in and kind of have a well-rounded trip. It's so much more rewarding. I can tell you from personal experience, it sounds like Darren, you kind of have a similar perspective is to, you know, to, to, to go beyond the parks. Yeah. You know, when you're traveling. Exactly. So exactly. Yeah. 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 So, oh, so that's, that's, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, um, we just recently, our last big trip was uh, a few years ago too. And we went to LA for the first time and we, for, to check out the horror events over there. Uh, so went to Knott's and like the granddaddy of them all and everything, but, and nice. we could have, we, we actually didn't even get a chance to go to Disneyland. Uh, like I said earlier, um, because of that, we didn't want to spend all of our entire trip there at the theme parks as much as we right. love them we we didn't want to spend everything you know the entire time in the in a tourist draft we wanted to check out i guess most of la is but you know <laughs> see everything True. a lot more you know that it has to offer and you know a lot of those other things the other aspects of the city that you don't get in the park so yep yeah and other guests uh that we've had on the show i have said these same things um we've talked to a number of people that have traveled all over the world like yourself like myself you know as part of this you know whether it be for work and then they go to the parks like myself because of it or they're just traveling just to go to parks primarily and they they recognize yeah to do this other stuff it's very valuable and really it's it's sort of a nice side effect of being a theme park fan is you can wind up while despite your you know us being theme park fans we're, we're focusing on being in these safe environments as you said darren which are in and of themselves not very culturally accurate for where their theme parks are located usually they're you know not in a safe uh, represent of that region while we're fans of all that you know if we take that step outside those parks and spend some time accordingly we can wind up being some of the most culturally diverse and culturally inclusive and, and culturally experienced people on the planet uh again it doesn't have to be that way, but we have the opportunity to have that. And I've, I've cherished that. And the, the um, number of experiences I've had that I remember this day, awesome stories and unique things that I got to do and experience and see and, and whatnot. And the stories that I love to tell people that I need. So much of that happened outside the theme park gates when I was traveling. Glad to hear yet another guest kind of share that same mentality. I think that's outstanding. So good discussion so far. We talked about fear and, and uh, you know, I'm not sure how familiar you are with our podcast. We're fairly new. But Coaster Challenge, uh, certainly as a podcast, especially has a mission. We're basically looking to improve the qualities of people, uh, quality, I should say, singular, of people's lives by conquering the, the negative aspects of the human condition, fear being one of the most pronounced ones. And it's not, we're not necessarily talking just about conquering fear of a coaster, fear of a drop ride, like we talked about earlier today, talking about conquering the real troubling fears in life. You know, you mentioned a couple of them, being afraid to be on the phone with a customer that might not so kind to you or demanding or whatever. And I've been in customer support as well as an engineer. I relate to that, by the way. It could be public speaking, like you said, or just doing interviewing for a job. It could be going out on a date and being calm during that date so you can present yourself well, because dates are like interviews. You know, they're used for a relationship, not for a job. But I mean, all these different things that happen in life and just, you know, challenging, stressful situations that can cause us to have the fight or flight mechanism and, and run away in fear. And 
if if we're better prepared to deal with those real situations, we're all going to be better off from it. Each of us can be better off from it. And then likewise, uh, many people on this planet, you know, very commonly deal with depression, anxiety, various forms of anxiety, social anxiety, things like that, even physical ailments, that all of these things can very commonly be uh, helped by going to theme parks, by getting away from the stresses of life, getting away from whatever may be depressing you or causing you anxiety and giving your mind a break by being in one of these incredibly immersive environments or even a not so well theme park like a bush gardens is not super highly themed but it's got these thrilling rides that if if something is going to take your mind off your troubles it's going to be that thrill and that momentary fear that you're going to have there and conquering that fear and the adrenaline and everything else that goes along with it all those good chemicals that go in your body combating the bad chemicals that, that fuel depression you know some of the things you've shared here today really go along with this in terms of you know conquering fear has helped you to be able to deal with you know more serious sides of your life and be better prepared for that. And we get theme parks helping with that and uh, exposing you to more culture and whatnot. So that's all great. So thank you for sharing. Appreciate it. Oh that. yeah, definitely. Uh, and thank you for having me on and, and, and for doing this and giving people that perspective on, on parks and, and, you know, making it more than this superficial, you know, the, it's a fun ride, you know, it's exciting. It's exhilarating. I, I really like that you do delve more into it and, and I respect that a lot. So thank you. For Absolutely. That. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, we have, uh, as we typically do, we have a kind of a second part to our interview. And the first part, the way we construct it is to kind of get exposure to um, each guest that we talk to, kind of how they've dealt with fear and conquered fear and how that's helped them deal with other parts of their lives, as we talked about with you, because each person has a different perspective. And again, you had a different perspective and kind of things that scare you and how you've dealt with it. But the second half of the interview is fun. I think it's going to be fun here, given some things you've alluded to, because we kind of talk about just kind of our fun experiences being theme park fans. So mm-hmm. let's let's dive into that here. Now, you may have already told us the answer to this question, but maybe not. I mean, I'm thinking maybe Montu is the answer to this question, but maybe you have something else to share. But what my question here is, is what has been your craziest moment on a theme park attraction? In thinking about that, it, it really it has to be the, the Montu situation. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It's and it's like literally after just going after the first lift hill, you go over that curve and you you know it's just like straight down into the drop, and that's when it just goes click and it's just flapping, you know, on like on my chest. I feel like the the seatbelt hit me, and then immediately just holding on to the to the restraints there and and just gripping like white knuckled the entire time, like thinking that I am holding like somehow holding this thing together. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, that it was, and you know, there's no way to to tell anybody, I mean, maybe up on that first break hill, you could, I could have like signaled, but what would that have done at that point? Right. <laughs> you know, I was just well, worried about holding on. When you got done with the ride, did you let a ride ops know that there was a problem? Yes. Uh, I let them know that happened and they go, they said, Oh shoot. Thanks for letting us know about that. <laughs> and then they just went on and loaded another person onto the ride. So. Oh boy. Oh, yeah. Well, hope, hopefully they at least made a note of that for maintenance to take a look at that seat that evening. Yeah. Or I'd like to think, but yeah, at some point <laughs> I'm sure it had to have been noticed because they do buckle those seat belts and, and they pull on them. I generally see them pull on them, but I'd like to think that got fixed yeah. pretty quick. But was that your first time on Montu, by the way? Uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, I've okay. been on there several okay. times before, so I, I, I wasn't too concerned about it. I had, uh, I had gained some weight and lost some weight. So I, there was a period of time where I wasn't actually able to get on there. Um, so I had just got to the point where I was able to get on there. You know, that seatbelt would have given me a little extra security <laughs> because you know, I only <laughs> felt a couple of clicks coming in there. So, and and that's what it was. I was probably like at the edge of the seatbelt restraint and they were just like, oh, okay, that's good. And Interesting. Went on with it. But yeah. 
Right, right. Interesting. <laughs> okay, okay. What would you say of all of the theme parks you've been to? Well, actually, yeah, this is a, let me ask you this question. Of all the theme parks you've been to, which one is your favorite? Uh, Universal Studios, Florida. The original park is, is and always will be my, my favorite park. How okay, it was now, and how it is be, still. <laughs> okay, to be clear, you are referring to USF, not Islands of Adventure, just the original right. OG. Okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, and then what would you say is your favorite attraction of all time? My favorite of all time is Back to the Future. Uh, and it might not just be because of the attraction itself. I am a huge Back to the Future fan. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, I've got a big Back to the Future collection. I met everybody from the movie. You know, <laughs> uh, really? Got, yeah, I've got a sports almanac signed by everybody. Uh, it's definitely one of my more obsessive aspects, <laughs> I would say. Uh, so yeah, that, really? that's one of my favorite attractions for that purpose my favorite one to go on on a regular basis now at the park is actually men in black uh, or not i have a blast with it oh nice time. nice nice so yeah and 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 certainly back back in the what was it the late 1980s when the when back the future came out at you know, hollywood and orlando and this around the same time i think it was 87 when the first star toys attraction opened and i love star wars in fact i probably i, I like star wars more than back to the future but to me back to the future is a better implementation of that general type of technology technology the vehicles are not quite as large so it's kind of a little more realistic movements and um mm -hmm. you know star tours has improved over the years with some technology upgrades but the back to the future vehicles those are really cool back in the day when they first came and just out, having so. that like dome having it projected on the dome and, yeah and you you feel like your your vehicle is in the ride more than you know you're you're having a projection at the front of the the ride vehicle uh, exactly and i think that's, that's what makes the big difference with it yeah yeah that's sure. a very good point so you mentioned men in black so men in black I, I'm at Universal Orlando all the time. Uh, Men in Black is a great movie series, awesome movie series. And I, I love all eye candy and all the little movie things and the, the music and, you know, the Tommy Lee Jones and the Will Smith stuff on the ride. Uh, you know, that's all cool. But I, I love shooting rides. My favorite is Toy Story Midway Mania. I will openly admit, embarrassing myself, I suck at, at Men in Black. I just, because it's not, like with Toy Story Mania, I, you know, where I aim, it hits. With, with, with Men in Black, I just can't figure out how to get the guns to shoot things. And it's, and like whenever I'm with my friends, they're like scoring like orders of magnitude better than I am. And I've been talking to them about all the tricks and I'm just trying to learn the tricks to get better. But so I'm guessing you're one of those people that like knows a lot of the tricks and gets crazy high scores oh yeah yeah pretty much every time we, it's like a constant competition uh, you know uh and they 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 do change a lot of things quite often on there you know they, they have total access to adjust the scoring system whenever they feel like it so they and they will so you know things that used to be rack up a ton of points do not do it anymore but the main point is keep your finger on the trigger and keep shooting the same thing over and over again get to a room point to something and just stay on it and the smaller the target <laughs> the more the points <laughs> right Generally speaking, right that'll course. get you going and then the exhaust that port section sense. just you know hit it a thousand times the the other oh, car. Right. And it's right. and it's total luck because like you said the it's not it's not best in maintenance uh, you know as far as that goes so you might have a a bad gun that's definitely possible <laughs> going through. That. Got it. That makes yeah. sense. That makes sense. Thank you. So in terms of especially if things not working all the time, so what would you say is your least favorite attraction? Probably, oh gosh, I want to pile on 
things like Fast and the Furious. But you know, that, that's that's the new, newly my least favorite attraction. Uh, but things like that and Shrek, uh, the stationary theaters kind of aren't my thing. T2 did a lot of novel and really cool things with it, you know, mixing the 3D and, and actual, you know, actors running around and that kind of thing uh, was was cool. But, you know, when it's just like a, a movie playing like the Shrek and uh, Despicable Me, those kind of things, I went on them sure. you know, once or twice to see them and that's about it. <laughs> but gotcha, yeah, Fast and Furious gotcha. now, I just don't know how that happens in, in 2018. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of people were hoping and ex- even expecting and I could even see especially with Universal and all their success and their the budgets that they now have for their rides that they may have their day with Fast and the Furious I, maybe it's wishful thinking I'm a huge fan again I love cars the Fast and the Furious franchise especially the recent you know past five or so movies since they've kind of moved into the whole kind of action you know crime thriller and away from street racing stuff specifically I have hopes that Universal will eventually they'll take out that ride which of course they will because it's not the craziest most popular ride and they'll put in like maybe a next gen version of a test track type system you know dynamic attractions real car you know because uh type ride in radiator springs racers at california adventure is amazing great ride for cars you know test track is a great ride it's been around for what a couple decades now um, you know i don't think disney has a uh, has even at least now has a patent on that or, or a you know royalties on that you know where universal be incent- not incentivized to, to license it or whatnot i think that's maybe free reign and universal does a lot of work with dynamic attractions a lot of work so i'm sure they could probably do something it was just a matter of space or budget you know i'm, I'm hopeful that something better will eventually come of that franchise it's their most successful franchise as a as a production company. So I, I'm hoping, but that would be great. You know, to have that yeah, with a, the, yeah. That fast, the test track with an edge to it would be so nice <laughs> for sure. Oh yeah. Maybe the, like the even potential. the tuning aspect. Oh that yeah. Would, that would be really interesting. Potential could be incredible. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What, um, you know, talk about your favorite park being one of your home parks here and here in Orlando. And I can relate. I don't necessarily separate studios and islands. I kind of look at them as my one of my home park resorts, just as I look at Walt Disney World as an overall. Mm-hmm. And Universal Orlando is my pretty much my one of my most favorite, if not my most, literally most favorite park resort in the world. I just, especially with how they've improved it over time and some of the recent attractions and getting away from all the screen rides and doing more to conventional practical effects and coasters and whatnot and the theming, all the crazy theming they're getting into where they're even beating up Disney, in my opinion, in that regard. I'm a huge fan of Universal Orlando. By the way, you mentioned uh, Terminator 2. Uh, so you said that you've not really been to the parks much, understandably, with what's been going on with the pandemic. Have you not seen the Bourne Stuntacular yet? No, I have not seen it in person. Uh, when we were, I, I was uh, still on the podcast when it first came out. So for coverage, we, we watched, you know, some videos that, that people had recorded. I know it's nothing like seeing it in person <laughs> from, right. from, you know, what I've heard from everyone else. But yeah, I did not actually get to see it in person yet. Uh, I'm still definitely looking forward to that as well. Nice. I'm uh, somewhat unique because I am a coaster enthusiast. I keep tracking the coasters I've been on. I love coasters. I ride them over and over again. Unlike you know, at least some coaster enthusiasts, I love pretty much every aspect of theme parks. I love flat rides. I love shows. I love the animal exhibits, the animal shows at SeaWorld. I love it all. I love stunt shows. Stunt shows are outstanding. And you know, Waterworld Hollywood is incredible. Uh, I've seen the pirate stunt show in Shanghai, which uses like the iFly technology, you know, kind of the the vertically mounted turbo lift fans to simulate skydiving. And they've got these two guys dueling in the air, sword fighting against each other. Super cool. 
really cool. But that's kind of a one trick wonder for that show. I have seen the Born Spectacular. And again, I love technology. I love trying to figure out how things work. And there are so many moments in that show where it's like, wait, how did they just do that? Did that guy just do it? What, what, and all this stuff going on from a technical perspective and from a just immersion perspective, Born Spectacular is the best stunt shot I've ever seen. So awesome. definitely see it in oh, person. So Return to studios. Yes. It is a very much a worthy replacement of Terminator 2, which was an amazing attraction in its day. Uh, and I'm a huge fan mm. of Terminator as well. But yeah, you don't, and you don't have to, for listeners listening, I'm a Bourne fan. I've seen the movies. I like them. I'm not like a crazy fan. You don't have to be a fan or really know anything about the Bourne series to appreciate this show. Don't ignore it. It's great air conditioning break during the summer and hot weather, by the way, for like half an hour. Go see the show in Hollywood in Universal Studios. You'll actually be really impressed. Yeah. And of course, yeah, people that I've talked to that go you know they do this for a living they go see these shows that come out and they see all the all the theme park shows that come out everywhere and they come out of this one and they're like wow (laughs) yeah and you're you're i'm just adding you to the list of everyone that's just been totally blown away by it so uh, yeah i I can't wait i'm very excited to check that out one kind of last specific question i want to ask you then a couple last things for you darren you mentioned you've been to a lot of parks all over the world so have you been to parks outside the u.s um, no, I, I've been to parks all over the, the country. I, I haven't actually been to theme parks outside of the United States. Oh, okay. Um, I've, okay. I, yeah, I've I've been outside the United States. I've been over to uh, Netherlands and UK, um, but I have not been to the parks there. So, yeah. Oh, okay. But all over the United yeah. States, my, our, our family was like hop in the Aerostar van and go drive uh, kind of family when I was younger. So we would go and check out theme parks everywhere. Um, hadn't been to that Six Flags, but I've been to Six Flags in Georgia. I've been to Six Flags over Texas. We've been, of course, to Kings Island, like I said, uh, Wisconsin Dells, you know, spent a lot of time up there when I was younger, you know. Oh, yeah. The, the, yeah. The more terrifying, unofficial rides <laughs> that up there, like, uh, oh, gosh, what are those slides that are made of concrete and you just go down on a sled, basically? <laughs> oh, you're talking about um, you're talking oh, like about, uh, Alpine, Alpine slides. Alpine slides. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the the true terror, those. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are very dangerous. I, I've been on many of those. I grew up in the Northeast. So the Appalachians, you know, in New Jersey even has them or used to have them in New Hampshire. I, I went to camp up there. They've got a couple uh, water parks that have those as well in the summer and their ski resorts in the winter. And I've gotten hurt on those because I was a stupid oh, kid, yeah. you know, 12 years old. And I went too fast because you control your speed on it. Push forward, you go fast, push, pull back, you're braking. And I'd be a stupid kid going around a corner too fast because I was a kid and I, you know, fallen off and, um, you know, got like a, you know, skinned up thigh or knee or whatever, you know, I healed from it, you know, it's battle scars, whatever as a kid, but yeah, those are fun rides. I haven't been on one of those in years and granted, I would not (laughs) ride them now. Like it is in the kids, yeah. I know better. That's not about fear. That's about just being being sane of things. But just practical. Yeah, like I can't do that. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so studios is your favorite park of all the ones you've been to. You've been a lot of them in the US here. What tell me about what makes studios? I know I know you love Men in Black. You, you love Back to the Future, although that's not there now anymore. Yeah. Just talk to me a little bit about what makes studios your favorite park. It, it was a lot of that. It was when I when we first went to the theme parks, first we went to Magic Kingdom and I saw it was the Disney stuff. And I, I was 10 10 year old boy so you know disney was cool but i was into ghostbusters i was into these kind of things and i had no idea what they had available at universal i didn't know what 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 i was walking into my mom was like it's a tv studio and they have a theme park there and you can check it out like we we knew nothing about the park so go in there and literally walk in the first thing i see is ecto-1 sitting there and egon walks over and he's like hey welcome to universal studios and i'm like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) and from 
there, it's just like, oh, like everything. It, it was geared to that 10-year-old kid, that, especially at that time, you know, with those rides, uh, Kong and Jaws and everything that was there. It was just like, oh, everything I loved. It's like, what's next? Back to the future. What? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> you know, oh, Marty's Marty's hanging out over there with Doc by the DeLorean. Okay. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> you know, so it was that place where literally everything came to life, you know, that I, that I loved from TV and stuff. And then, you know, after that, like, let's go uh, to a taping at Nickelodeon Studios. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, this is a real place. Like, forget Disney. I don't even remember <laughs> going there anymore. It's just, it's all about this now. So, yeah. That, and no matter how much changes, I still see it. I still when I walk in, I, I still see it, how it was then. And I think that's maybe a lot of the nostalgia keeps me there. I, I, I just love the, the feeling that I get when I'm there. So, so would you say, sure, sure. I know you, I know you're a big horror fan. Like I am, would you say that, you know, you're a big fan of like movies in general. And, and, and so that's kind of part of what it is, is you're kind of living the movies, riding the movies as the, one of the old slogans yeah. goes. Is that it? Definitely big movie buff. And uh, like I was a big technology buff when I was a kid too. I would say actually out of all the Disney parks, Epcot was my favorite for hmm. having like being able to experience VR for the first time in adventures, right. you know, that kind of thing. That's what I was really into and going to Universal. And at that time, screens were cool <laughs> it was a it wasn't a bad thing to have screens all over the place so seeing them use that like the back to the future ride and everything like that in those new ways that i've never seen before even like the birds 3d alfred hitchcock experience yes. going in there for the first time and and seeing the 3d that comes out towards you as opposed to the ones that go into the screen uh, living right. in illinois that's the kind that we got you know the, the red and blues so it was very cool to see that the, like new technology come to life and then them using that to bring my shows and characters and everything that I love to person is so cool. Sure. And I can totally relate to that. And, and I can tell you, have you been on Hagrid's yet, by the way? Yes. Yeah, I have. Yeah. So Hagrid's was a technological marvel for Universal. And it is, you know, by by all accounts, the most complex coaster ever built in the world. Launches, the drop track, the level of theming, the quick switch technology with the reverse launch and the spike and all that stuff put together in one coaster is just insane. And you know, that those are a lot of reasons why that is the most expensive coaster history, at least to this date. You know, no real screens in that ride. You know, and again, I think that's universal you know, correcting course. Not that screens are a problem. Screens have their place. I think Gringotts is a great example of integrating screens with a with a physical ride, with a you know practical effects and whatnot. And you know, again, Forbidden Journey is another great screen ride. That's that's a good screen implementation. But uh, again, you know, Hagrid doesn't only have screens as effects as practical effects. And then Velocicoaster, which I'm guessing you've not been on yet. You've not been back to the parks. Unfortunately, not. No. Oh, okay. Man. I'm, yeah. I'm so excited for it. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, yeah, if you've not you've not been back to the parks yet, so are you planning to go back to Universal soon? Yeah, we're just kind of waiting for the the spring break kind of crunch to go kind of hitting that wave right here now before the summer starts, you know, kind of right. our passes and get back out there again because of, yeah. It awesome. Been- anyways, but anyway, so long story short, I, I hope that you're able to get going on these passes soon and, and get back there before the summer rush and, and uh, yeah. get some, uh, get, get born spectacular, get on Blossom Coaster and just get back to your favorite park and, and so forth. Oh yeah, so. for sure. And it's great to have new experiences at, at your favorite old haunt, you know, so. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Literally. And, 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 uh, and I, we're already gone, you know, over an hour here. 
I would love to talk to you about Halloween Horror Nights and haunts, but I, I you know, I want to be mindful of the time. And I think, um, you know, I think we probably could have that discussion another time, maybe closer to, to Halloween, but we can talk about that. But anyway, with all that said for now, my last main question for you is, is there any advice, given everything we've talked about already, any advice you'd like to give our listeners, given you knowing our mission and all that? Just that trust in the people that, that work in the park to know that it's safe. In, in every situation, like with a coaster or going into a, a haunted house or anything like that, you're, the whole point is to have fun and not get hurt and for you to have a good time. And that's, that's the goal of it. And that's what they're aiming for as well. And once you realize that and you can get over that, know that you're, the danger is not, is not really that real. You'll be able to experience so much more. <laughs> in life you know and like you said start off with those little steps get on that ride experience that and then that'll lead to leaving the park on vacation that one time and going to see something you know that changes your life so go ride that thank ride. you great advice great advice and we, and we i think talked about this a little bit on this podcast before obviously anything in the world things can happen bad things can happen now probably the most one of the most serious ones is you know a car accident and when you're driving a car riding a car Cars are very dangerous. Accidents happen all the time. I see them happen almost every day. Things like uh, trains and planes, much less common of accidents. They say, you know, planes are super safe to fly compared to cars. And that's absolutely true. The statistics show that. Well, something that's even safer than planes is coasters and theme park attractions. Yes, occasionally, very rarely at a, at a, at a, traditional theme park like Universal or Disney or Bush Gardens, there'll be something. Usually it's a very, very minimal thing that happens, you know, just a minor injury. Very rarely do deaths occur, extremely rarely. But again, even compared to planes crashing and, and, and you know, people getting killed and whatnot, it's much less common for this, those types of things to happen to one person or more than one person's at a theme park. So theme parks are inherently very safe, very low chance of anything going wrong. And so then that gives people an opportunity to have some fun and go and do thrilling things and conquer some fears in a very safe manner. And so I thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's I think that's great advice is to encourage people in these very safe, the safest environments really on the planet is to do thrilling things, especially to go out there and do stuff. So thank you. Appreciate that. The last thing I'll ask is uh, if you want, if you'd like to share anything in terms of how people can find you, I know you're, you're you mentioned there's a Horror Nights theme podcast that you're being involved with. And so if you could share how people can find you and, and so forth certainly um yeah that's the uh the, the podcast is the dead man's digest uh so hopefully uh that will be back up soon you can find me at dead man darren on twitter that's uh, where i'll be posting anything new that i'm doing uh, i've also got a couple other projects in the works one mainly about uh, uh props for movies and theme parks and that kind of thing and how they're made and uh, the people that make them and that kind of thing so that's what i'm working on now uh and kind of getting that developed so stay tuned for more information on that <laughs> awesome that's exciting well thank you very much Jared. i appreciate your time and i have a feeling given your focus on horror and uh, and haunts and so forth well, this won't be the last time we'll be talking to you so thank you for your time though today oh thank you i'd love to come back on thank you andrew thank you darren that was a really good episode jenna yeah i mean he's kind of got me pumped for the hall for the halloween horror stuff you know me i'm not big on going through mazes and all that stuff but i've gone to a couple of uh, universals here in LA and oh man <laughs> oh I know oh I know I used to be very afraid to go in haunted mazes and all that stuff I've been to Not Scary Farm I've been to Fright Fest I have not experienced Horror Nights at Universal Hollywood but I did get to experience uh, Horror Nights at Universal Orlando and they that was back in 2017 it was a very good experience but I never got to do the mazes but I will be going to Florida this October and as 
I told when I meet with Andrew and Iva, yes, I am taking the challenge to go experience every haunted maze at Horror Nights at Universal Orlando. So it's going to be very interesting. So Yeah, I, when I did it, it's been years since I've done any kind of Horror Nights thing. I think the last one I did was the preview at Magic Mountain with you. Fright Fest. Yeah. And my anxiety level was just really high with that. <laughs> if you remember. I remember you were hanging on to my arm when we were walking through the scare zones, but it really wasn't that bad. And uh, at least I got to get a behind the scenes of how it all works. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's like almost like knowing what they what they do. Uh, I was glad to say that I didn't get any surprises. You know how some of those cast members. Oh yeah. Like they to love to you. surprise you and they oh, love yeah. to target the ones that are like me that are like cowering behind somebody because <laughs> they know they, they, they can scare you yeah. and they, you know, they jump out and they do, they do scare you. Oh yeah. Well, this was a really, really good, uh, good interview. And, uh, we've got a very exciting one next week, but first, Justin, how will our listeners be able to find us on social media? If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to see more from us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links in the description. Thank you, Justin. And yes, guys, make sure to send us some feedback and make sure to give us a thumbs up or give us a five-star rating on your podcast network on our latest episode. And uh, feel free to leave some comments as well. And if you guys have the feedback, just uh, go ahead and give us a contact. We always will respond to every contact that comes our way. But like I said, we've got a very exciting episode next Friday. And I hope you guys will come tune in with us. But until then, this is David Cantu. This is Jenna Gazelle. And we'll see you all next week. Next week, right here on Coaster Challenge. Yeah.